to join me up here for the message. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit this semester. Uh, this is actually uh, Jacob Bruce's idea. Thank you, Jacob. Oh, he didn't want the credit. Like, it wasn't his idea. I just lied. Um, but thank you, Jacob, for the suggestion. We love suggestions. That's how we come up with pretty much everything that we do is an idea from a student. So we love your ideas. So thank you, Jacob. So tonight is a, the very beginning. It's the very first reference to the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And this semester we're going to be exploring the third person of Trinity, what we, we call the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do like, we can't do it every appearance of the... So there's like over 300 references to the Hebrew word for Holy Spirit. Ruach in the Old Testament. We can't do all of those. We don't have time. We had to share it. We had to just pick, and it was very difficult. And I had like 25 I wanted to do, and Alex said I couldn't do that. By the way, here's your winner of, uh, of the four different things. That, um, amazing. Uh, actually, the re when I first saw this, Tiffany did this was for the blessing bags that Derek did for the Salvation Army uh, Women and Children's Center. It was one of the cards you did, wasn't it, Tiffany? Yeah. Okay, yeah, amazing. Um, but anyway, I think some of the 13 we're going to go through are going to surprise you when you think about the Holy Spirit. Some of our churches taught probably too much on the Holy Spirit, and then some of your churches taught nothing at all on the Holy Spirit. And we believe that it's very, very important for us to get a biblical view of who the Holy Spirit is, um, third person of the Trinity. And here's the thing I've learned, and you've learned this too with reading the Bible and going to church. Hopefully you've already seen this. There's no bottom to the well of seeking God. When you think you've gone to the bottom, there's like a million feet below you. And so some of you are like, how can you read the Bible through every single year over and over, Andrew? It's like, I don't feel like I'm even getting it. Every year I feel like I just didn't even scratch the surface of what God was wanting to teach me. I, I know you guys feel the same way. And Psalm 145.3 really speaks to that. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. So to start off our time tonight, we're, our message tonight is called From Chaos to Creation. So if you ever wondered at the beginning of the Bible what was going on with the Holy Spirit surfacing the waters, when there was nothing yet, but it was he was surfacing the water. What does that mean? Uh, we're going to hopefully shed a little bit of light on that. So Anna's going to start us off with uh, her opening story. Hi, guys. I'm Anna. Um, so you're going to learn a lot about me very quickly. So growing up, I went to a very small private Christian school. Um, and then once I hit middle school, we moved out to New Pal, so I attended middle school out in New Pal. So going from a very small, private, Christian school to a rather large-ish public middle school was very, very big difference and big change. Um, and I am not great at making friends. I was then. I'm still not. And the friends that I did make were amazing, but they came with a lot of different life struggles than what I had experienced growing up. Um, I had one friend that told me that her grandpa tried to run her over with her car, with his car. Um, her aunt was trying to take custody over her little brother because her mom was in jail. Um, one of my friends, he called me from his hospital bed because he tried to kill himself and 
his mom would come to me to try and help him and try and help her know how to help him. Um, and it was, it was a lot. Um, and I didn't really know how to handle all of that. I didn't know how I could tell these friends of mine that I was struggling when they were going through these astronomically large difficulties in their lives that I had never even thought of could be something someone could deal with in their life. Um, and so I just suppressed everything and I didn't say anything to anybody. And then high school hit and it was a whole new kind of change and new people and I, I was very overwhelmed, um, to say the least. Um, to say the most, I was very depressed. Um, and I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. It did not feel like that God was, I knew he was there, but I didn't know how to give him what I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up going to a counselor, a therapist. Um, she was very solid in her faith, gave me books and Bible verses and things to help me focus on the truth, which is God, and that he had me through every step of the way from before I was even depressed, before I even realized I was depressed and that I was struggling with these things, he had me. Um, and I didn't need to be ashamed of that. I didn't need to be ashamed of what I was struggling with. Um, I knew that God had me and he was gonna get me through it. And that even though I felt like my struggles were nothing compared to what my friends were going through, it was still what I was going through and it was still hard. And it was still very dark and very lonely, and I didn't, I didn't know who to turn to. But the one person I knew would always be there for me was God, and He's the one that got me through that, and has continued to get me through that. Um, so yeah. Thank you. You get the, the story is perfect darkness, feeling chaotic, feeling like, I heard one guy say one time, I feel like someone praying, falling down the stairs. Yeah. You know, we've all been uh, in those times of darkness, and we can relate to what Anna just shared. And as we'll see tonight, the Bible tells of the one God who only needs to speak and things happen. And here's the thing that's great about God, he doesn't create out of necessity. He's not creating because he has to. Um, God creates because he can, and it wasn't just with great precision and intelligence that God created the heavens and the earth and said, let there be light. We're not even going to get there tonight. We don't have time. Um, but he created everything that he did with great care. So the precision and the intelligence is there. I think everyone on earth can agree with that when you look at the heavens and the earth. We will never be done looking at the heavens and the earth. It's way too big. <laughs> we could have uh, some of you come up here and tell us about how big space is. You guys nerd out about I do too. It's just insane. Uh, that's how big our God is. And so Ethan's going to read our first scripture we're going to have uh, tonight, which is Genesis. At the very beginning, it's how the Bible begins, Genesis 1. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. 
guy's voice in Bible translation on a list on my phone. Come on. Somebody make that happen. Okay, first thing is that there is order in creation. Um, my, my son loves, we love to take our kids to half-price books. He loves half-price books. My son loves sharp books. That's all he likes. <laughs> Bloodier the better. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, he just loves them. And so we were reading through a sharp book one time when he's going to bed. Great bedtime reading material. And uh, they, there was a quote on the top of the page. And you know, it's stuck on like a, it's a kid's book. Only 5% of the, the, the world's oceans have been discovered. I was like, what? And it's true. Only 5% of the oceans have been chartered. They, they, I just looked it up today. There's a, they find 150 new species of fish every year. That just blows my mind. Of all the technology, of all the resources that we have, we've only gotten to 5 Maybe we'll get to 6% next year. Who knows? But that just shows you how vast creation is. The day five, God creates the, the birds, everything in the sky, everything in the sea. You're thinking, oh, that's it? And then you're like, oh, wow, 5%. And how many shark books have been written? And other books, of course. But there are three predominant cosmology. Cosmology is just uh, what people believe what happened at the very beginning of time when creation began. That's a cosmology. And uh, the first one is like the Babylonian Assyrian cosmology. The creation begins from battles with the chaos water dragon. Uh, pretty wild stuff. You should look it up. The Egyptian creation story was this pre-created reality. It was a chaotic watery condition devoid of life and self-created. The Sumerian uh, came now we're talking about the most ancient civilizations we have record of in the world. Creation by water being added to a barren desert. Did you know, this is, I mean, do it tonight, but there are over 500 different flood narratives in ancient literature. Now we can either be like, okay, Moses didn't know what he's talking about, he just kind of just wrote down whatever he was right now. Or we can say that's actually how it happened, right? That's actually how it happened. Now, when Moses, we believe Moses wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, the, the Torah, um, when he says these things about creation, he's making a bold statement about who God is from the very beginning. So when it says the Spirit of the Lord is hovering over the waters, it's not just meant for a, a catchy Bethel song. That's actually God, I'm sorry, he, that's God taking the chaos and turning it into creation. These creation myths, they told uh, a different story of how creation came to be. But the thing was the why. Why was all of this created? We understand that the waters represent chaos and darkness and everything being out of control. But what was different about the Hebrew uh, version, the Jewish version? These narratives uh, are what had been and will continue to be pounded into the heads of the Israelites. So they know about these. And so when Moses actually is writing down what God had revealed to him on Sinai, this is just changing, changing things, okay? And so when it says, the Hebrew there is uh, like hovered like a mama bird hovering over her nest. Read this, uh, this quote with me from the fourth century. Basil wrote this. It cherished the nature of the waters as one sees a bird cover the eggs with her body and impart to them vital force with her own warmth. The spirit, 
prepared the nature of the water to produce living beings, a sufficient proof for those who ask if the Holy Spirit took an active part in the creation of the world. The Holy Spirit has been declaring from the beginning. We need to remember this. This is so good. I don't know if she get a tattoo of this, but it's, it's good. The beginning that creation is his response to chaos. His creation is a response to chaos. That would mean that that's true of you and that's true of me. That we are God's response to the chaos of this world. We're like Noah's parents. You know, this world is crazy. We're going to name our son Rest. Rest. Noah. And that's, that's what creation, from our creator, that's what it means. There is no God like our God. Let's read our second verse that we're going to check out. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. So I, I don't want to offend anybody, but my aunt and uncle were Pentecostal. And I went to church with them a lot because their music was way better than our church. Let's be honest. But the first time I went to church with them, uh, it, was, it was a church of about 50 people, about kind of what we're dealing with tonight. And um, everybody's singing loud. I'm into that. Everybody's clapping. I'm into that dance. I like that. 80-year-olds running down the aisles, tripping over the pew. And then all of a sudden, everybody goes forward. Not me. I'm in the audience. Everybody's getting knocked down. I mean, knocked down, like smacking people on the forehead, like assaulting people. I thought, what is happening here? Um, but that's kind of what was happening in Corinth in the first century. They were this port city. We learned about them last semester. Not everything about them, of course. But it was the perfect place for God to bless the Christians of that area with a special measure of the gift of speaking in tongues and speaking in other languages, because they had so many people coming in and out of Corinth that it allowed them to have greater impact with the gospel to more people with the more languages. And so they were excited, and they used their gift to the glory of God. No, they didn't. They actually screwed it all up. They were like all speaking in tongues at once, and there was prophesying over here, speaking in tongues, giving a special word. It was just like this chaos. It was complete chaos in their service. They wouldn't wait for an interpreter. They would just blurt out. And the New Testament canon was not yet complete. So actually, speaking in tongues and prophecy was very, very important because they didn't have, like, a bound Bible like we have. They may have had one letter. You know, and it was good. if it was like Philemon, they were in trouble. You know? They didn't have very much. Um, that's not going to happen until the second century that that was all kind of mashed together like we have it today. But the chaos and the disorder were distracting from why they had gathered. And God is the God, like in the verse said, God is the God of peace and not of confusion. I think this is so important. When I was younger, I didn't believe this. I never planned for anything. I didn't read any books. I would just drive somewhere and figure it out. My wife is the opposite which has been very interesting the last 15 years uh, to live together. But structure doesn't squelch the move of the Spirit. The same God who ordered creation, think about how ordered the human eye is, or the ocean, or, or whatever it is that you're thinking about tonight. Think of creation. Um, he wants to order our worship experience as well. 
Not that we can't spontaneously praise when you're driving down the highway. I wouldn't do hands up, maybe. But, you know, we, we want to be singing at all times, praising God. But having a plan is always, always good. The Holy Spirit will always inspire peace as we worship. And I hope you believe that tonight. That it's not just ordering creation at the beginning where he takes chaos and he brings it into creation. It's also that when we worship, we experience God's peace, not God's confusion. We may have come into the room or into our car or wherever we're at, we're turning this song up really loud. Some of you are smiling because you do this. I can't tell. Some of you have massive, of course. Um, but the Holy Spirit will always inspire peace as we worship. So let's, let's read our, our last uh, verse. No pressure now. Sorry. I'll do my best. Uh, this is First Kings chapter 8, verse 23. Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or earth below. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly in your way. Okay, so order in creation, order in worship, and then this is just order in God's character. Um, and I think sometimes we read the Bible and we get really confused because there's a lot of crazy things that happen in the Old Testament that confuse us, like the conquest of the land of Canaan, or we read a really weird thing about Lot and his daughters this past week in one year Bible, which disturbs me. Uh, we read a lot of things, but I think when we come to think about God in the Old Testament, there's this Hebrew word. And Alex and I have both read an entire book on the word. He actually forced me to read it. A jerk. I read the whole thing. 245 uh, references of the said in the Old Testament. And it's this amazing word. And I, I'm just going to read this entire quote. It's long, but it's good. I can't help it. Linguistic scholars have begun to believe that there is no cognate for in any other ancient language where the word is said. It is uniquely, it's a uniquely Hebrew word. Perhaps the reason for this is not linguistic, but spiritual. Perhaps the reason no other language possesses a word that can capture the full meaning of a said is that in all other cultures, this particular idea never existed. The Spirit of the Lord was servicing the waters, and God said, let there be love. Okay, so now we're getting somewhere, right? Check this out. There is a very good reason for the fact that we possess no ancient hymns, hymns to the kindness of Baal, Molech, where you would sacrifice your children, Astarte, uh, even Zeus, or any other pagan gods. Think about that for a second. In all the ancient literature that we have, no songs. Hebrews had a hundred and fifty, one of them is 176 verses long. Psalm 119. Ultimately, the Hebrew creation narrative is shows us God's has said from the beginning. And this is expressly shown, of course. He's in the, the, the it's kind of a Christianese word, loving kindness. They're like, what does that even mean? They're trying to translate has said into the Greek and then into English, which is very, very difficult to do. And they just can't even translate it because it's who God is. His loyal love. I love the ESV because it says steadfast love, and it does it every single time you see a said. So if you're reading ESV, steadfast love over and over again. There is nothing that God does that isn't intentional to reach us with his peace. 
The Holy Spirit will always ground us in God's character. His has said, this is what he is like. He is full of ferocious, loyal love. But Ethan's going to share his story about classes at Covenant. So my senior year of high school, believe it or not, was just last year. And I know a lot of you guys in here are older than me. And I still feel like time's gone by so fast. So, you know, it's, it's just crazy, I feel like. Um, so I'm a freshman right now. And last year I attended Covenant Christian High School. And it's about 20 minutes away from here. And I just really enjoyed my time there. There were so many classes that... Feel like helped develop my faith, and then uh, as well, I just made lots of lots of friends and meaningful relationships with teachers, and just really helped my faith in multiple ways. Um, I thought it was really amazing the classes that they offered there as well. Each one of them had, um, in its own way, pointed me towards God. Whether that be like a workout class where the teachers there would just be super encouraging and everything, or it'd be one of the Bible classes even where they were just super super meaningful and diving into the Word and like that. Um, there are just different aspects of each of those classes that really helped me. But one class in specific, my Christian worldview class, that one really made the most impact to me. And seeing you know how it compares um, the inadequacy of different worldviews we see in the world today with the Christian worldview, um, that's kind of what it was all about, just comparing the two and really making your own, making faith your own, and like that. So the kind of the basis of the whole class was, yeah, like I said, making your faith your own, but also um, not not settling to like say stuff that will that will just make the teacher or your peers um, like like that. Um, but also just to make your faith your own. Um, so kind of the basis of the class was we would focus on life's universal questions, um, which were things like, um, why, why do I love what I do? Or why is my faith my own, make my faith my own? Why is society like this, different things like that? Um, so what I had to do was choose one of those questions and then kind of study it over the course of the whole year and then write a paper over it, over it eventually. And kind of the, one of the topics that stuck out to me the most was who is God? I know kind of, kind, of a broad, kind of a broad topic, but for some reason I guess I thought that was going to be a good one. Um, so I decided to stick with that one. And right off the bat, there were so many, so many authors, so many good good works of art and stuff to look at um, to develop that that topic. So also kind of a big problem I have is I'm a big procrastinator, so that wasn't really helpful for this whole assignment. Um, but I'd say once I kind of got over the hump of the of like the first big finding out what my idea of the whole thing is gonna be and that that that's what got me started. Um, Kind of once I got my act together and started focusing more on the paper, and every time I would just sit down and kind of pray, God, you know, speak through me, speak through what I'm going to say in this paper, help me, help me to make my faith my own, and um, that's just what really helped me write. Um, and eventually, I got the paper turned in. 
Um, thank God. You know, um, and I was super proud of my work. I was super proud of um, what what I had accomplished and everything. Um, but I, I learned several big lessons over over reading uh, writing the whole paper. Uh, I learned a lot of things about myself and a lot of things about God. Um, one major thing is that our character as humans, you know, we're we're going to be messed up a lot of the time. You know, through life, through different things we're we're going through. Um, but compared to God, He's completely perfect, and He always has His character completely 100% together and ready to help us no matter what. And then one one kind of thing that had been on my mind when thinking about what God does for us is He says, "You mess it up, and I'll fix it and put it right back together." So I thought that God's character would really shine through that experience that I had with writing that. Difficult paper, but you know it really, really helped me in the end to figure out and just grow my faith and figure out who God truly was for me in my life. So good. So as we we come to a close tonight and feast upon chicken, we will um, go through these things. Okay. So the first thing is. Our first section, we talked about order and creation. I believe that this is just opening our eyes to the Spirit. Opening our eyes to the Spirit. Our eyes can't take in all that God has created. We've got to do our best to try, right? As you, as you see his creation, thank him for all he has created. Maybe you need to get outside the city for this. I don't know. Get around some trees and some more grass or something. Um, but... God's creation, it, it says in Psalm 19, 1 through 2, that the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands, and day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. And it goes on to say that their voice is not heard, but they're pouring forth speech. What does that mean? I, it's just an amazing way to say that God's creation is screaming at you, saying, I love you. God is saying, I love you. I love you. Look at this sunrise. Look at this sunset. Look at that tree. I don't know what it is. Or whatever it is. That bird. Uh, whatever his creation is, he loves you. Number two, open your hearts to the Spirit. Jesus said, away from me, Satan. We just read it in one of your Bible this week. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. How did Jesus know that verse from Deuteronomy? Did God, the Father, give supernatural impart into his brain? No, he memorized it. He knew it. He had a plan. His, probably his parents said, Joseph said, boy, you're going to memorize this first. Maybe you'll need it one day. And he did. There has to be a plan. There has to be structure. Or we will never learn scripture. We will always say, you know, I should memorize more scripture. I should listen more, more Christian music instead of the music I'm listening to. But things that really stuck out to me when I was thinking about opening up our hearts to the spirit and worship Music, prayer, Bible study, whether that's personal or in a small group, attending a church service where I love being around a lot of older people that have followed Jesus for a long time. I think we need that. We need to know what, that we can do this for the next 50 years. This isn't something temporary. Um, but none of these things are going to happen on accident. You're not going to stumble across it. Well, those are the stories in Caleb. I was, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but evangelism, 
I think evangelism becomes easier as we worship and a God of peace pours it in and then we just pour it out. He pours it in and we pour it out. That's, that's what a life of worship looks like. And the third thing, we're talking about God's character. Open up your minds to the Spirit. When I think about mind, this is not something that you can feel. God can't feel God's character. You know, you're thinking about steadfast love. This is something like when everything is turned against you, when you're confused, when you feel alone, you feel chaotic, the waters are coming in around you, everything's falling to pieces, you want to give up. Then we look to God, we, and we know in our minds that it's true that God has a steadfast love. This is said, it's 245 times in the Old Testament it said that he loves us. It'll make you reread Psalm 136 when he says, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. You're like, why do you keep saying that over and over? It's his said. Your his said endures forever. That's what makes you different from all the other gods in the world. You are different, Yahweh. You are different, Jesus. I could go on, but I won't. We don't have time. But I think we need to know that God and his character is not permissive or apathetic as to how we live our lives. He cares what we do with our time. He wants what is best for us. Um, I don't know how else to say that, but he is the God of the said, loyal love, the steadfast love. He doesn't scare easily. Here's another use of his said in the Old Testament. Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your his said, your steadfast love. Jesus is seeking to do what is best for you. Don't let any other lie creep into your mind. Otherwise, he wants what's best for you. Well, through, creation, through creation worship and his character, we can see that God brings creation from the chaos. The Spirit of the Lord is surfacing the waters, bringing creation out of the chaos. What would happen if every one of us in this room surrendered tonight to the Spirit who hovered over the chaotic waters? There would be no chaos too strong to shake our faith. That's what would happen. And here's the thing. We can talk about this theoretical. We do this a lot in college where it's very theoretical. And even in your labs, it's really theoretical. Even though it's supposed to be a practical version of whatever you're studying. Uh, you know, Tim and those in engineering, you've been through lots of labs. Um, but it's really neat to see what has said, what creation from chaos looks like. And Anne is going to share one more story about her, her family as we close out. Then we're going to close in prayer and uh, pass out food. So, Anne, go ahead and share the story and we'll be done for tonight. So, kind of going back to earlier, God really showed himself in one of the darkest times of my life. And I feel like that's kind of how it is sometimes, that it takes those darkest, most loneliest moments for him to really shine through for us to really seek him. Um, and through that experience, God really showed himself in a way that I needed to fix how I was praising God. So I sought him out in the midst of my storm, or in the midst of my storm, and I praised him after the storm. I wasn't praising him during it. And once I kind of realized that I needed to praise him during the storm because I knew that he had me, he didn't just have me at the end of it. He had me through all of it, and he deserved my praise and 
glory and everything for that. So taking what I've learned from that experience, 2020, as I know it was for all of us, very difficult and rocky in its own ways. Um, so how 2020 was with my family, I had my mom, who was on one end of the spectrum with COVID, and my dad on the complete opposite end. And my home was a battlefield. Um, it was countless nights of screams and yelling and doors slamming and things being thrown out of frustration and the sounds of my parents crying and just of the defeat that they felt that their marriage couldn't recover. Um, I grew up in a Christian household. My grandpa's a pastor. My parents were youth leaders. So I knew, and even despite all of that, I knew that God was there. And because of what God had shown me in middle school and freshman year, I knew that he had us. I knew he had my parents, and I knew he had my family. But for some reason, Satan took this fear and the difference of opinions and beliefs of my parents, he took that foothold and he made a speck of dust into a mountain. And there were nights where I think it's safe to say that both me and my parents felt like it, that they weren't going to come out on top. But because of God and because of his love and provision and promise to not just me and my family, but to all of us, he got my parents through that. And they're still together and better than ever. Um, and I pray and I hope that you guys know that no matter the size of the storm you're going through, no matter the size of the battle, he is there with you. It can be anxiety over a test or something somewhere that I went through or even something that my friends went through. God is with you through that. And he's going to get you through that no matter how long it takes, even if it feels like it's not ever going to end, or it feels like it's gone on forever, or it's going to go on forever, he is going to get you through that. Okay, great job. Let's, uh, let's pray. I want to, uh, Rob, you okay if you come up real quick? Sure. Justin, too. I think sometimes we do everything we do and we don't realize how much our supporting churches sacrifice. And Mount Gilead, actually our very first student president, was a kid from their youth group. Caitlin uh, Crass from Mount Sylvia. She's doing Bible translation in Papua New Guinea right now. So we, uh, we have a great heritage with them. We're very thankful. Here's another thing. Thinking about her parents, sometimes we get confused and discouraged with like Christians disagreeing about COVID or masks or vaccines or whatever it is that Christians are like fighting about, right? The church has always been like that because we are the most diverse group of people on the planet. Racially diverse, politically diverse, and that, that's just gonna happen, that's how it is. And we've gotta learn how to love each other. I love Anna's story because sometimes we just say, oh, that just can't work, that can't work. They're gonna have to get divorced. It's over. Not today, right? God's love won out in that situation. So we praise God for that. Thank you both for sharing. So let's pray as we close out. Father, thank you so much for tonight. We give you all the praise and all the glory for everything you're doing in our lives. And we pray that you would just soak us in your hesed 
your loyal love, your steadfast love, that we would know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you love us, that your spirit is wanting to take chaos and turn it into creation, into order. God, I'm sure glad you said, let there be light. I'm sure glad that the spirit of, of you surfaced the waters. We pray that you would bless our study through the Holy Spirit this semester, that we would just we just get a better view of who you are, God. We're going to spend the rest of our lives doing this, and we're ready to get started. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name. All God's people said.